The following program is a presentation of the Radio Talking Book Service in Omaha, Nebraska. RTBS programming is intended solely for individuals who cannot read conventional print due to a disability. Ineligible listeners risk infringing on copyright law, and RTBS is not responsible for any violations that may occur. It's time now for this week's episode of Tech It Out, a program poised on the cutting edge of technology. Outlook Enrichment is pleased to sponsor this edition of Tech It Out here on Radio Talking Book. For more information about Outlook Enrichment, please call 531-365-5051 or visit www.outlooken.org. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Tech It Out. My name is Mickey Salsman, one of the adaptive technology trainers at Outlook Enrichment. This is the May edition of Tech It Out. And today I think this is going to be a very interesting podcast, especially for those of you that are low vision. We are going to be talking about magnification and magnifiers. And bringing back on the podcast, I'm going to introduce again our Executive Director of Outlook Enrichment, Paulette Monte. Paulette, welcome to the podcast. And what are we talking about today? So today our podcast is focusing on kind of the various options that are out there for choosing different magnifiers and and what some of the different uh, terminology or things that you might be looking at when choosing a magnifier so you have a better understanding of the best fit for you. So, you know, and when we talk about um, hand, we we're going to first talk about some of the handheld or the low-tech magnifiers, and then we'll gradually move into some of the more high-tech kinds of options that are out there. And so when we look at magnifiers themselves, these are handheld stand magnifiers, things that actually have a lens with them. Uh, we have to kind of look at it that, you know, there really hasn't been much change and some of the magnifiers. And when we think of magnifiers, a lot of our minds will immediately go to the large round magnifier that maybe Sherlock Holmes used when looking for clues. You know, it's a very large magnifier that's a couple inches across, it's round, um, that he always had with him. Well, just like Sherlock Holmes, well, we have magnifiers that we're using for different things, whether it's to read text, you know, look at a product code uh, or label on different things. But the the things to think about when we're talking about magnifiers is that, one, bigger does not always mean better in, in this type of um, when we're looking at the magnifiers. And the other thing is looking at the power of the magnifier. So these are two really important um Two really important key features. Just like when you are going to the eye doctor and you need to have the right script, we have to look at what's the right magnification power. And when I say power of a magnifier, this can be measured in several ways. The most common um, is the magnification or the power refers to how many times bigger an object will be viewed through the device versus looking at something with just the naked eye. And how this is notated when looking at packaging for magnifiers, or if you're looking at them in a magazine or online, um, this is often representative, representative 
of an X. So uh, this notation usually represents that um, it's so many times. So like if you see three X, it means that the, the item, the magnifier will magnify that item three times larger than what's typically seen with the naked eye at 2020 vision. So um, when we talk about the power ranges, when you see things that are typically from one power to three power, these are still fairly low powers. Um, and this is oftentimes the types of things that you might see in your common everyday store. Um, like if you go to Walgreens or Walmart and there will be magnifiers a lot of times there, but they might be smaller and lower in power. So if you're finding that you are having a hard time with those things, I'll get a little more into different magnifiers and some of the ranges here in a little bit. The other piece that we have to look at is the curvature and the focal point of the magnifier. And this is where it really gets into bigger is not better. The magnifying power of a lens depends on the focal length, and the focal length depends on that lens curvature. Think of it this way. So with the greater the curvature, if there's more curvature to it, the stronger it will be. With less curvature of that lens, there will be a lower in power. So on the big mm. magnifiers, like what we were talking about, the Sherlock Holmes kind of style that's big and round, there's a lot less curvature to that lens, so you have a larger viewable space, but it's going to be a very low-powered lens. And where we see this, and some really good examples of this, is a lot of times um, when somebody first loses their vision, they may pick up what we call a page magnifier. And this is an 8 by 10 usually, or 8 by 11 sheet, and it's plastic. There's not a lot of curvature to it. And so it's going to be in that very low power ratio, usually a one to two power, um, if that. Um, and so those types of things, while it's big and people think, I'm going to be able to read my whole page in the book of it, it's going to have a very low power. Another big example that I've seen a lot of people go out and buy, especially for loved ones, if you're starting to have a hard time seeing the TV anymore, some people will used to and still do go out and they buy a large magnifier for the TV. And while this enlarges a large area of it, it's only going to enlarge with a very low power. And oftentimes the magnification that's in it will often distort the image some. So when you're looking at things bigger, oftentimes does not being better. Interesting. You know, I, and I go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and, and I, you know, when I think about your so many years of experience, Paula, you know, you've seen so many changes over the years, and, and with with magnification. I know you talked about there hasn't been a lot, but what kind of and maybe changes have you kind of seen um, as far as differences in magnifiers? There's a lot of different options out there, and I think where we're seeing more of it is in the types of options that are out there. So, you know, and, and the, the big thing is what is readily available. So a lot of people, when we talk about readily available, it's the things that, where are they going to get it? So as I mentioned, Walgreens and Walmart, you know, um, other pharmacy stores are places where 
that's the first person somebody might think, oh, I'm going to pick up these. And for example, they might pick up the reading glasses. Um, these are often called cheaters by people. You know, it's when somebody who doesn't typically wear glasses, it's the first thing that they're going to go to to see if it'll help. The, the thing with the cheaters are is it is they have lots of fun colors, lots of different frames that you can pick them. Um, but they typically, again, are going to be in that lower power range. Um, so the the advantage, um, most stores will carry maybe a one to three power range. And if you're finding that you need more than a one to three power for magnification, it's probably time to go see your eye doctor to get an evaluation that's done. The other thing to think about with the magnification glasses, the cheaters that we're talking about, is they are a single vision glasses. So they may magnify the text with doing things that are close up. But as soon as you look up and you you look through the pay, lens to try to see something in a distance, it's going to distort that image. And it also can lead to other um, things like headaches and eye strain um, because your eye is not meant to look at things from a distance uh, through the magnification. Um, so if you're finding that you're relying on your cheaters more, you're doing stuff, it's always good to go and have your um, eye eyes checked because it might be time to really evaluate if you need a bifocal. And the advantage to the bifocals is the upper part of the lens will allow you to look through and see something at your normal visual range. But if you're looking through the bifocal, then it will help with the magnification for printed materials and other things that you need to see at close up. <laughs> and when we're looking at other things. If you're finding that that doesn't work, then we start moving into other types of magnifiers. And the key points that are essential to remember when choosing a magnifier is one, how much magnification do you need? Two, what kinds of tasks will you be doing with the magnifier? What type of environment you're going to use the device in? And four, um, do you need additional lighting with a magnifier? Because depending on what environment you're going to be doing tasks in, if your apartment is only has like one window or it may not have a lot of overhead lights, you may find that you need a magnifier with additional lighting. And then the other key feature that we have to look at when we're looking at magnifiers is what other physical limitations or disabilities you have. You know, does the individual have arthritis, carpal tunnel syndrome, or tremors? You know, all of that is going to play into what types of magnifiers that somebody may choose or what would be recommended to the person. So if you can think about some of those questions before you start looking at magnifiers, that's going to be really important. And whether you're coming into Outlook um, Enrichment or you're going to a low vision specialist who is certified in doing um, and can make specific recommendations on magnifiers. Those are the types of questions that they will be asking. And so with different magnifiers, there's handheld magnifiers that are used for short-term uses, such as reading um, small, small task items, like reading the can of soup, uh, reading um, a product description, maybe reading a piece of mail. There are things that you're gonna be doing for short periods of time, um, these ones will tend to be very portable. Um, they have a lot of different options in them. Um, they have some that also have lighted 
um, little lights in them. So uh, depending upon what you need for your magnification and that power range again, there's a lot of different options. One of the ones that I really like to recommend is there are some models that will have, for example, three different lenses in it and they fold up into uh, kind of the handle of the device. But those lenses can be added together. So if you might have, for example, a two, a three and a five lens, and those lenses can all be added up in different ways to give you different strength powers. Interesting. So like, for example, a two and a three can be added together for a five power. So it gives you more flexibility, especially if money is an issue. Something like that gives you a lot of range and different powers to do different tasks. Um, Then we start looking if there's things that the person needs to be doing a lot more of. If the reading tasks are more intensive, for example, a student reading a textbook or if somebody likes to do a lot of arts and crafts, we might look at stand magnifiers. These are a better choice when you're looking at extended periods. Um, It rests directly on the page. There's some small, lightweight plastic ones um, that sit right on the page, and it's at the perfect distance for you to have that optimized um, viewing for the magnification purpose. The downside to these is Oftentimes, you may be using it over a table. So you're hunching over the table to, to read through um, the magnifying glass that's sitting on the, on the table with the magnifier on top of it. Or you're holding the page up and using the magnifier on top of the page to look through it. So it's not something that you want to be doing for a long period of time just because it puts your body at kind of an awkward position. Um, But they do have stand magnifiers that are on swing arms. And so, for example, my mother uses one for when she's doing um, sewing and other work that she needs to do tasks or when she oil paints. She'll use a stand magnifier that she can position over whatever the task is that she's doing and be able to look through it and have a lot more flexibility in the range. And then it frees up your hands. So if you're a sewer, if you like doing a needlepoint cross stitch, and those are things that you still want to be doing, then a stand magnifier that is lighted might be a better way to go for, the, for that person. And then we're finally getting into some of the telescopic kinds of things. These are monoculars and binoculars. And you're probably all familiar with binoculars that are used for, you know, I'm sure anyone who's ever seen a spy movie has probably <laughs> seen binoculars, right. <laughs> you know. Um, but monoculars, um, like a binocular, they're only a single lens, and there's a lot of range even in these. And things they usually will allow you to see. These are things that are used to see things at a distance. So if you're out on the street and you're needing to see signs of buildings or street signs to know your location or if you're looking for things, or if you like going to the theater um, or a venue, a classroom setting where you're further away from where the action is. Um, The monoculars allow you to see things up from 15 to 30 feet um, is kind of that range that they do. Some actually have larger ranges than that, but 15 to 30 is kind of the standard. Um, And these allow you to see things um, 
from a distance. The downside is as these are often small, very small fields of vision. Um, if you are a person who has an eye condition where it's reduced some of your peripheral vision on the sides, you're in, so you have almost like the tunnel vision, um, these may not be the best option for you because it's reducing your field of vision even more. Um, and these uh, can be a little challenging to use initially because you do have to do a lot of scanning to find the item that you're looking at. And it's like most things, it's going to take practice to get it used to using it. So um, my dad uses his all the time when he travels to look at airport gates, you know, trying to find an airport gate or to read a sign in the airport or um, people will use them to read the fast food menus, for example, that are behind the counter and up towards the ceiling. So they can be there's a lot of useful benefits to them. And then, you know, a low vision specialist can really help work with a person to, to, to determine what the best field of range for optimal seeing would be. Interesting. That is very, very fascinating, Paulette. And, you know, I think I, I, for a person who's been totally blind all my life, and so I have never used magnifiers, just, you know, sort of understanding that one type of magnifier you may have to have multiple because it's not going to just I mean that one system may not work for your magnification needs. And, um, and that's a good point. Like I used to carry multiple ones with me, um, especially mm -hmm. when I used contacts because a contact doesn't have a bifocal in it. Well, some of the new ones do, but at the time, a lot of contacts didn't have it. And so I would always be needing a magnifier to do reading of different texts. And I would, for example, wear one on a chain around my neck that was a little wow. more decorative, but had the power, but it was always with me. It's kind of why the people like the cheater glasses because it's, mm -hmm. they, they'll put them on a chain. They're always there um, when they need it. But some of our consumers, for example, they'll keep magnifiers around the house in different places and different ones for different mm -hmm. tasks. So they might keep a handheld one in the kitchen because that's where they're doing short reading, whether it's to read a recipe or it's to read a can on a label. And so um, they might, but when they're doing cross stitch or some other task, they might have a different one. Mm -hmm. What do you, how do you feel about magnification on your phone? Um, there are some apps that we've used because obviously, obviously people carry their phones around more. Can you talk a little bit about that, about the smartphone magnification? What do you think about that as far as using it on your phone? Yeah, this is really, um, and I'm glad you brought this up because this is really where we've seen a lot of change in the technology. Mm. Um, there's uh, a lot of times somebody will use a, a different um there's a couple of electronic magnifiers that are out there. Probably the one that's most common is the Ruby. Mm -hmm. Another one that we like here in the office is the Eschenbach. Um, that's another handheld magnifier. Um, they're small, they're lightweight, um, but they have a screen size that's about maybe the size of like a three by five note card kind of. Mm. Um, some of the screens are a little bigger than that. Um, it, and that's, uh, where we've seen some flexibility. They also will have some features of a standard closed circuit television set um, that's hooked to a camera for a standalone unit. And 
these are nice because they offer flexibility with the, you can magnify it quite a bit more. You have more flexibility in the power and the strength of magnifying it. And a lot of these handhold devices will have the different features with them. The downside, the biggest downside is the cost of some of these. So the Mm. one we like the best here in the office um, is an Eschenbach one because it has a really easy to use interface um, to increase and decrease your brightness, to change it to one of the different color options. So like black background with white text or yellow with black text. And I think it's blue and yellow. Um, And and the thing with it is they're nice, they're lightweight. It's one more thing to carry, and the cost is around $800, you know, depending on where mm-hmm. you look. Interesting. Um, but with the onset of the iPhones and things and the, um, the, the different smartphones and tablets and things, a lot of these have built-in capabilities. So things like your phone has um, the camera option on it. And a lot of times you can get away with doing a lot with just the camera option. So with a camera option, you can zoom in on the text. You can use your camera on the phone just like you would some of these closed circuit um, and smaller CCTVs, these handheld CCTVs. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, you know, getting out of just the standard camera settings, um, the they are now having more uh, magnifier options within the iPhone. Um, the app in the iPhone that is for magnification has a lot of the same features. It has the color contrast, increased, decreased brightness, allows you to zoom in and out. If you have a preferred power range, you can automatically set it to that pro- preferred power range. The, the thing I don't like is it's a little more complicated of an interface than when we look at some of the apps that are specific for the iPhone. So the app that we like the best um, is called Visor, B-I-S-O-R. Um, it mimics kind of the same type of layout as the Eschenbach, um, the Eschenbach CC, handheld CCTV. So the interface is very simple. It's all done with the touch of your thumb. It's all in one location. You don't have to go into other menus and things. So it's very streamlined and very easy. And the cost on that um, is about $18 on the Apple Store versus um, $800. (laughs) While while we think $18 is still expensive for an app, but, you know, when you're looking at it compared to buying the device itself, it was pretty reasonable. Right. Um, and last time I looked for it on the, is it the Google store for Android? Mm-hmm. Mickey? Yeah. When I looked last time, it was, a lot of us got this one when it was free and mm-hmm. we were recommending it all the time. Right. And then we noticed that it had jumped up to $18 and we we're very disappointed when we saw that. Um, right. But last time I checked for Android, it was still free on the Android wow. side. Well, it may not be anymore, but it was right. still free on the Android yeah. side last time I looked. Um, interesting. So 
so a number of us got it when it was free. We, we recommended it to a support group. A bunch of our people got it. And then a few months later, we saw the price increase. I don't know I, if it was because we were recommending it <laughs> so much, but I yeah. Watch so, people so download it's, it. It's an app that's really well worth the money. Yes. Um, so, so there's things like that where we have really seen, um, the changes in it. What I'm going to be interested to see is if, you know, with the onset of the new phones and more advanced cameras, if we'll see the increase, you know, if we'll see some of that increase in the, um, the clarity and the powers that are available. Hmm. And if you're finding, you know, and most of those, they'll go to up to like on your iPhone, it'll go up to a 10 power. Now, Keep in mind, you can also do this for things in the distance. Like I was talking about the magnifiers earlier. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking through your camera at something in a distance like that street sign, you can zoom in and out. Um, Other times what I'll do is I'll take a picture of something in a distance and then I will look at the picture and I will zoom in and out on it to try to to figure out if it's where our location is like um, or, or read something on a sign. Because then it's not jostling and moving. And then I'll just, you know, I'll do a screenshot of it and I can move around in it. And then I can just delete it right off the phone. So there's some flexibility in things like that, too, with the iPhone. Or one of the things that we see a lot with, uh, especially in restaurants, because it's a laminated thing. Um, You can... um, Take a picture of it so it's static and you're not getting the light reflecting and then zoom in, move around on it, and then delete it or save it. You know, if you're like me and you like to save the drink menus on different things, you know, yeah, yeah. for reference later. Right, <laughs> I take right. a picture and then you can – and save it, you know. Right. So it just depends. Or if it's a restaurant you're going to frequently, you might want to do that so that you you can refer and you know what you're ordering before you go in. Yeah. Um, the other nice thing about the iPhones is some of the scan and read programs that allow you to scan the image. Um, I'm drawing a name on the blank uh, name on it, but you know, seeing AI has some of those features where you mm-hmm. can scan the image. Um, and then there's the oh, Mickey, what's the one uh, that allows you to scan images and? Um, so uh, there is several that, that, you know, you mentioned CNI, the, the voice stream scanner is, voice is stream, another app. That was yeah, one I was the, thinking of. Yeah. And voice stream I like because you can take a picture and it's, it, you can either have it re- read to you or you can enlarge it so that you can see the things. Mm-hmm. And that kind of wraps up, you know, besides like the standalone CCTVs, those are the portable things that you can take with you. And that kind of wraps up some of the magnification kind of options we're mm-hmm. certainly available. If you have more questions, if you hear something you want more information on, please feel free to call me um, at Enrichment and Absolutely. And and you know, no doubt after you've listened to the podcast, uh, which was very informative, Paula. Paula, by the way, thank you so much, and I'm so glad to to have you on board as as the executive director. Like I said, with your years of experience knowing all these things, I mean, I knew quite a bit about blindness. I know about Jaws. I know about you know, the, the screen readers out there, but yet there's just so many other with other disabilities and, and picking with magnification that I just had really never, never experienced. So no doubt if you have more questions, we are going to be having another webinar. I talk about these quite a bit, uh, but we're going to be having this one on May 18th. That's on a Wednesday. Uh, 
from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. East, um, Central Time, excuse me. You'll get a chance to, um, ask questions, maybe talk about your favorite magnifier with Paulette and myself. And, and so we're looking forward to that and, and definitely check that out. And also, don't forget about our open tech labs, um, that we have every Friday. Uh, from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., where you get a chance to either call us up or come in to our tech lab and, and play around with these magnifiers, because no doubt I'm sure that's something that uh, hopefully you've you kind of piqued your interest a little bit, and you'll be able to come in, and, and we'll maybe give you some training, one-on-one help. Uh, Paul is very good with that as well. And so, you know, definitely would love to, to hear from you. So um, let me give you our contact information, because that is obviously very important if you want to get in touch with us. With the Open Tech Labs, we would like to ask that you do get in contact with us so that we can set aside some time for you um, and that we can meet you at the door and, and take you back to our lab. Our phone number, if you want to contact us, you can reach us at 531-365-5051. And, and don't forget to check us out online also, outlooken.org. Not only can you look at our technology and, and read our blog posts, but also, we've got some wonderful events coming out at Outlook Enrichment that we're very excited about. Too many to talk about here today, so uh, check out our website or give us a call. That's outlooken.org or call us at 531-365-5051. So that wraps it up for today. Again, Paulette, thank you so much for being with me today on our Tech It Out podcast. Until next time, you all have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Tech It Out, the program that dances on the cutting edge of technology. Brought to you by Outlook Enrichment. More information is available at www.outlooken.org or by calling 531-365-5051. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 47 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.